Pull up a chair and buckle up. It's the Original Strength Podcast. Hey guys, this is the Original Strength Podcast, and well, this is episode 100. And since it is the 100th episode, I thought I would do something I haven't done in a while and just participate with myself in a Q&A uh, from, from viewers, readers, friends, and whatnot, or who not. And the good news is that since this is just uh, me answering questions from, from viewers, this is probably going to be a pretty short episode. I don't get a lot of questions and, well, I don't really talk all that much either. So, all right, guys, let's get started. Uh, this first question is not really a question, but it is one of my most favorite comments that I received in, well, quite a while. Uh, a viewer writes in, people with really big necks look like they're on steroids. Well, man, if I could hug you, I would just give you the, the biggest hug ever. Uh, so, you know, in a world where most people think that I am uh, a cousin of a giraffe, your comment uh, truly made my day. <laughs> I mean, you have no idea. So, I haven't often been accused of having a big, muscular-looking neck. And you did not use the word muscular, granted, but since you put steroids in the same sentence, I can only assume that you think my neck looks like I take steroids. So, God bless you, man. Thank you very much. All right, so the next question comes from a viewer who asked for a comprehensive guide to building really big legs. <laughs> and I've got to tell you, I love you too. Um, <laughs> and so he, he wrote this on a YouTube video where I was uh, doing Hindu squats. And, well... Clearly, my legs are visible on that video, but the fact that you think I would know about building big legs, uh, I just, I think that's, that's very sweet. Um, but honestly, to, to stay in my lane, I would really point to uh, the works of some other great people and the knowledge and wisdom from other great people. Um, you know, I do a lot of body weight stuff, and in my imagination and fantasy, I hope my legs had decent shape to them, but... I would not call them massive by any means. So I would really, you know, lean towards uh, things that, you know, Dan John says, uh, uh, you know, squat heavy and eat a lot, a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, but, you know, um, to build massive legs, which I do not have, uh, it, it, it probably is going to take uh, volume, heavy loads, and a lot of food. And while we're talking about squats, I have a lot of videos about Hindu squats, and I, well, a couple of things. I learned them as being called Hindu squats. I understand they have different names, um, and the way I learned them is that they are done on the balls of the feet. So, on purpose for that particular type of squat, yes, you do rise up and let your heels leave the ground, and when you squat down, you are on the balls of your feet. It is okay for the heels to leave the ground on the Hindu squat. And and also, since we're talking about this, yes, the knees do go over the toes. And for this particular squat, that is how it's done. And that too is also okay. So, and also, if you feel uncomfortable doing Hindu squats, uh, you, don't, you don't have to do them. There are so many different types of squats. I, I personally enjoy them because there's a rhythm to it, uh, to them, and 
they, they just feel good. Um, you don't have to do them for high numbers. You don't have to do them for a hundred reps or a thousand. You can do 25 a day, uh, and, and, and still reap benefit from them. But don't let it worry you that the heels leave the ground. Uh, don't let it worry you that the knees go over the toes. And if you don't like that type of squat, it's okay. You can keep your heels down and you can squat back where your knees don't go past your toes. Uh, so many variations. Um, do what works best for you. All right. The next topic or question is, and I've been getting this one a lot lately, is um, you have these books, but where do I start? Like how, if I... What is a reset? Where do I start with pressing reset with, with your books? Do or Is there a certain order? Um, so yes, kind of, but not really. But to get to the first of that, uh, pressing reset is just simply doing a movement that is already, well, you were born with certain movements in your body. And when you press reset, you're just engaging in those original movements and they restore and or refresh your nervous system. Basically, they help give your brain better information um, from your body. And in doing so, it kind of like helps your nervous system feel safe. And when your nervous system feels safe, it takes the brakes off your body where you can express uh, yourself with more mobility, more strength, more speed, more power, or less pain, less inhibition. Um, it, it even helps you creatively. But so pressing reset though is nothing more than engaging in your, your body's original design movement template. Um, you know, so breathing properly with your diaphragm, moving, using your eyes and your head often, putting, keeping your eyes and your head on the horizon often, uh, engaging in your gait pattern, rolling around on the floor, rocking back and forth, crawling. Those are all what we call, uh, resets. Uh, and they're like just hitting a button on your nervous system. And when you do them, your body just works amazingly well. Change happens in your body at the speed of the nervous system. And, uh, Everything is just, it just gets better. So um, to understand that, you know, there are books, uh, if you really want to go more into more depth with that. And as far as order goes for the books, really, you just need, if you want to understand what it is to press reset and how to do it, you just really need to go uh, get the book, uh, Pressing Reset, Original Strength Reloaded. That's, that's the order. Uh, start there and you may not need the rest of the books at all, unless you're interested in certain topics. Like if you're interested in developing habits and putting together a simple daily routine for yourself um, to get habitually strong, Habitual Strength is a great book. If you're interested in athletic performance or you're a strength and conditioning coach then and, and you want to learn how to implement these resets into your strength and conditioning plan in the weight room and on the field, then Original Strength Performance is, is a great book. If you're interested in... <laughs> pushing your mind and body to limits uh, or past limits, not to them, but past them or through them, then the Becoming Bulletproof Project is probably going to be right down your alley. Um, now I'm biased. I really like that one. And then, you know, if you're interested in like, well, discovering you is just different. <laughs> so I don't know that that's for everybody, but if you really want to know um, what you're capable of or what's inside of you, and you want a really powerful, simple daily movement plan, uh, discovering you, I'm really, I'm biased on that one too. But you don't have to have those if you just wanted to know how to press reset and you know live the best life possible in your own body and feel amazing in your own body. All you need is pressing reset, original strength reloaded. And if you don't get any of those, that's cool. The YouTube videos are great and if you just 
do a lot of the rolling, rocking, crawling, uh, breathing, head movements, if you do enough of them and you just show up every day, um, you will eventually start feeling amazing in your own body. So, and the point to that is, is you can feel amazing in your own body. You never stop. All right. That's that question. Now, this next question oh, has several parts. So let's see where we start. Um, I was wondering about your journey uh, in OS. From your podcast and your blogs, I have an appreciation for how OS started and evolved, but I'm curious about your own personal physical odyssey. When you first discovered OS, or what would become OS, where were you physically? Well, um, you know, I can't tell you that I was really jacked up or anything, and I, I wasn't in any tragic accidents or anything. I was just a a meathead, not-so-smart guy with an overzealous uh, love for, for working out because I thought it was the way to make me somebody. Like, it was my identity, you know? So I was, I was broken in the fact that I was mistaken that my life revolved around, around weight training and, 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 you know, kettlebell training or whatever. Um, that was my identity. So I was, I was wrong. Um, but because of that, uh, I did that so often that I got a lot of overuse injuries and they weren't bad, but I wasn't doing myself any favors. So, you know, I had aches and pains and what eventually happened was that with my identity being a weight trainer and that's who I was wrapped up in who I was, these aches and pains started making me feel broken and fragile. So again, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't all that bad off other than my mind or my, my obsessive tendencies um, did me no favors. So you're, you're, that's where I was. And then you want to know, like, was I, was I able to do the elevated roll right to start with? Could I leopard crawl right from the start? So here's the thing. When, where did I start? Honestly, when I discovered, and I just, when I discovered the, the wonders of crawling, like I knew crawling was amazing before I started crawling. <laughs> I mean, I just knew. So, so the one thing I've been really good at my entire life is just showing up. Okay. So I'm just going to lay that right there um, because that's my foundation. I'm good at showing up. So when I became convinced that crawling was amazing, I started crawling. Like I didn't, I didn't need proof that it worked. I just knew this was the thing I was looking for. So I crawled on my hands and knees. Um, and eventually I started, I started leopard crawling. Uh, and I would crawl for like 20 to 30 steps at a time. And I did it because, well, it felt good. <laughs> it's hard. Like if you, if you go out right now and you just crawl on your hands and feet with your head up and your butt down and you just only for like 20 steps, there's something very, uh, like a life-giving tonic about that. It is just, it just felt good. So I started doing that. Um, just a little short burst, nothing, nothing crazy. Now to be honest too, so was I always a good mover? Like, you know, like what you see on the videos and stuff, that was one of your questions. No, <laughs> no. And so I did not start out with the elevated roll, but it's because I didn't know about it. Um, I wasn't there yet. I can tell you that I always wanted to be like, well, the guy that could do anything. So the first time I saw the hard roll from the FMS uh, that Greg Cook demonstrated, um, well, that was the thing that was supposed to be hard and I wanted to be able to do it. So I laid on the floor and tried to do it and it was indeed hard. And for me, it was almost impossible. It was the impossible roll. Couldn't do it. Uh, now that was right 
right on the cusp of when I started discovering my original strength or my design, right? So, but again, so when I started crawling on my hands and knees, I started leopard crawling, just adding things, uh, little, little spurts of crawling together, started rolling on the floor, did a lot of rocking, um, things just started to come together. Uh, I, I never started crawling for time until John Brookfield suggested it to me. And I'll be completely honest, one minute felt like a hundred. That was brutal. So right from the get-go, I could not crawl for any appreciable length of time. I do remember the first time I tried to do loaded leopard crawling, I took a kettlebell, threw a chain through it, went out in the grass, put on a harness, and drug a kettlebell with a chain, and 30 steps destroyed me. Like, I could only, I could not, I could do little bouts of 30 steps with a kettlebell. It was a 36-pound kettlebell, and it lit my legs on fire. And it was one of, at the time, one of the hardest things I, I had done. I was like, man, this is... Why is it so hard? But there was something I liked about that because it was so hard because it was so simple. And I knew I couldn't get hurt doing it. It was just so demanding. <laughs> so little challenges like that started lighting my wick. And then when John Brookfield suggested I start crawling for time, well, that became an interesting challenge because why was one minute? Why was, why was three minutes so brutal? So I remember I, would, uh, I started piecing together crawling time like so I would crawl three minutes I would rest like recover for a minute or when the burning stopped and I could breathe and I would crawl some more for three minutes and I would just start piecing it together and then one day at the fire department I was out back crawling in in the rocks in the on the back driveway um I hit 12 minutes and that was like a miracle that was like a miracle mile to me um anyway the point to all of that is is no I, I didn't start out like horrible I could crawl I could leopard crawl but also I didn't start out glamorous like crawling was work and I I you know I started out pretty simple and I just pieced it together but I showed up I showed up every day and the point to that is is one day I discovered that the hard roll was ridiculously easy it wasn't hard at all and I could do it with like less than zero effort I mean it was the easiest of the easy rolls all of a sudden and then the elevated roll well when I when I the first time I tried it I could do it and it felt ridiculously amazing um so then i did it often so that's really that's really where i started and and along the way i noticed that i didn't hurt as much anymore um now that could be twofold one the power of those movements of resets it's amazing but the other thing is that my new enthusiasm and love for these movements kind of replaced my enthusiasm and love for working out with weights and all the traditional stuff that I had done my entire life. So, which means I quit doing those things. Which means it's possible that just stopping uh, that kind of abuse on my body, at least the way I was doing it, um, also helped alleviate a lot of the issues that I was having. Uh, but from my experience, uh, especially when helping others, the resets go, they take a lot of pain away. They, they do give all kinds of ability to the body by taking the brakes off the body. Um, and it's, it's very powerful. Uh, so to that point too, I noticed, uh, like, even though I quit doing those traditional things cause I just didn't, they didn't like my week anymore. My strength. Uh, did not suffer. It did not go down. I could do things 
better than I could before when I was actually training with weights. I, I was stronger. That to me was the, the wow, this stuff is legit. Um, and I do remember distinctly one day getting up after crawling and like, it was not, I mean, it was not a big crawling session, but I was walking through the house and I stopped and I, I was like, man, I, walking feels so strong. Like it was the craziest thing. Like I felt strong walking and that's when I knew that I knew that I knew that I wasn't crazy, <laughs> that this stuff was legit because I felt so strong just walking, which actually morphed my thinking a little bit because then I started thinking walking can make you strong. And now as much as I was fascinated with crawling and as much as I still love crawling, I think walking is the extension of crawling and, and walking can give you uh, the same benefits as well. And I know that's a leap of faith for a lot of people and I'm crazy, but hear me now and believe me later, Walking is the bee's knees, but so is crawling. All right, what else? So with all these questions from this same person, he kind of basically asked, so were you Clark Kent or Superman from the beginning? Which is an interesting question. So what I have come to believe is that we're all Superman from the beginning. We just don't all know it. Um, but we all have the capability and the potential to be Superman um, because it's our design. So I'm going to say yes. That's my answer. Um, <laughs> but then I'll say yes to you too. So that's it. Oh, by the way, if you're watching this, that is a Band-Aid. It's Baby Yoda um, because Baby Yoda has proven that force healing is a thing. And under that band-aid, I had a uh, skin cancer removed, so I had to keep it covered up. So just in case you're wondering, like, what the heck is on Tim's head? And if you're not watching, well, now you know something more about me. Anyway, guys, this was the 100th episode of the podcast. I, I got to tell you that I truly enjoy the podcast. I have had some amazing conversations and with some really, really smart, wonderful, uh, compassionate people. This is probably one of the brightest things uh, I have done during brightest things, as, as far as light goes, like that has really put life into me um, during COVID. I truly enjoy uh, being able to to have conversations with, with wonderful people that and the people that say yes to being on the podcast. And just so you guys know, though, like a lot of people are asking me, well, how do you get these guests? I do not. Uh, I have a dear friend, uh, Sarah, Sarah Young, who has been on the podcast, who out of the goodness of her heart and and passion reaches out to people uh, and ask if they'll be on the show. And and they say yes. So it's it's really uh, it's all just a gift and a blessing for me. But I do hope it's uh, useful and helpful for you um, because some of these people I'm talking to, they're just super awesome and they have great information to that can help the, make the world better. And and some of them are just fascinating and neat. And, but it, it, that, you know, I'm from a small town uh, called Fuquay Varina and I didn't really grow up knowing how to talk to strangers. So it has been really fun learning how to have conversations with complete strangers and found that even if we don't have anything in common, we have a lot in common.
So, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to me ramble on the 100th episode of the Original Strength Podcast. I feel like maybe we know a little a little more about each other now. Um, thank you so much for, for listening to the show, uh, and I hope it, you know, brightens your day. Anyway, guys, thank you all very much. I hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.